Today is Thursday, September 29th. The title for our devotional is The Woman at the Well. Today we're going to read another story of Jesus taking the third way in a very polarized situation. This story is quite long in John chapter 4, but it's so good. So I want to read all of it. I'm not going to comment much, but we're going to read through a good portion of scripture. So let's read John 4, 1 through 42. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't go thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, A time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one one speaking to you, I am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life 
so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefit of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Before we close, allow me to make a few comments to add some context to this story. In his comments, in verses 1-3, through Carson writes, Fearful that they might be an attempt to polarize the two ministries, Jesus determined to minimize the potential damage by departing for Galilee. What he's saying there is that Jesus didn't want to create a competition between his ministry and John's. John's mission was to prepare the way for Jesus. They were cooperating ministries, not competing. Yet the culture of the day would seek to polarize the two and pit them against each other. It's not all that dissimilar from ours today. And Jesus would have none of it. Verse 4 then says that he had to go through Samaria. There was actually another route that the Jews could have taken to go around Samaria. This route, however, would lead one through Gentile country and was much longer. Josephus, a Jewish historian who comments a lot on the day, indicates that his route, the route Jesus takes, is more commonly traveled. It's unclear why Jesus, quote, had to go through Samaria. Perhaps he had to in order to avoid the Pharisees, or the road was closed. Summer construction, you know. Perhaps he was led by the Spirit to go through Samaria. We can't say for sure, but this clearly was a divine appointment. Samaritan and Jewish culture could be characterized by a great deal of animosity of their day. The Jews viewed the Samaritans as political rebels and racial half-breeds, as Carson says. The Samaritans were built, the Samaritans, they had built a separate temple at Mount Gerizim, as their dialogue tells us. The Samaritans also desecrated the temple in Jerusalem by putting human bones in it during Passover. That's a no-no. So it's surprising that Jesus would talk to a Samaritan at the well. It's even more surprising that he would talk to a Samaritan woman. In a few years, the Mishnah, which is the uh, book of additional laws to help the people follow the law of Moses in Hebrew culture, the Mishnah would codify as common teaching in Jesus' day that a Samaritan woman was thought to be in a permanent state of uncleanness. So to interact with a Samaritan woman would, according to their teachings of the day, make Jesus unclean. Instead of her making Jesus unclean, however, Jesus gives her his holiness and makes her clean. The woman coming to the well alone at noon was atypical as well. Women would commonly go to draw water in a group, either in the morning or in the evening when it was cooler. This is likely an indicator of the public shame that the woman has experienced because of her lifestyle. This devotional has already run long, so uh, we're just going to wrap it there, and we'll pick this up tomorrow.